Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world. And we're also making the world a better place for horses. I'm your host, Tracy Malone. I was born on the country of the Wiradjuri people. And this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. I'd like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yuggera people, the traditional custodians of this land on which this podcast is made and where my family and horses live and gather. I'd like to recognise their connection to land, water, community and our sacred animals. I am grateful to Elders past, present and emerging for keeping the sacred land here in Sanford safe and protected throughout many tens of thousands of years. I have great pride to live on country where the oldest known human beings tended to this land. I'm also grateful that you have taken the time to choose this podcast at this very moment. Thank you for being a part of the global change we are making to the welfare and training of horses. It's wonderful to be back in your ears once again. A huge and massive Happy New Year to you all. May this new decade bring joy and love and abundance to us all. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you to our Patreon subscribers. And as it's a new decade, I wanted to shout out to all of you. So here's a big thank you to Amanda Phillips, Amy Lopez, Belinda Dawes, Eliza Manfield, Catherine O'Brien, Liz Arich, Peter Papp, Rachel Beddingfield, and Sign of Horses. You all mean the world to me, and I'm so grateful that you're on this ride with me, quite literally. Please remember our small business patrons. Belinda Dawes is an incredible connection training coach who's calm, confident, and beautifully skilled. Belinda can help you with your training your horse just like she's helped me with mine. I can highly recommend her beautiful coaching work for any of your horse training needs. And a huge shout out to our other small business patron, Peter Papp from Peter and the Herd. Peter has just had to evacuate his beautiful herd due to the bushfires where he's living here in Australia. And his community came together to help out and it was so beautiful to watch as they all worked to get his horse's safety well before the fires got close. You can follow that update on social media. Peter does uh, equine behaviour and trauma recovery, equine communication, human and horse relationship building as well. I had a reading with Peter myself and I found him to be completely spot on with his insights. It's a great way to support him through these bushfires, you know, and, and trying times is to support his business. You can find the links to both Belinda and Peter's work in the show notes. You may remember from the last episode that my life's in a bit of turmoil at the moment. At the end of last year, I separated from my partner and Oliver's father. And Oliver and I are staying, that's my six-year-old son, with my sister down in the Riverina in New South Wales for now until we can get some finances together to get back to Queensland and to start a new life. I've learned an enormous amount in the last few months about other people not behaving in the way that you behave, I behave. I thought we would separate and have an adult conversation and divide assets and both work on moving forward and thriving, but... I was completely, totally and utterly very wrong. 
So even though I'm going through a steep learning curve though, Oliver and I are safe and we're safe from harm and we're safe from the fires raging in Australia at the moment. We drove about 1,500 kilometres from Queensland down to the Riverina where I am now in Leeton along the coast and I saw the devastation from the fires firsthand. The fires had crossed highways and burned so much land it was black for about 30 kilometres with just small patches of green where they'd worked so hard. These incredible firefighters and volunteers and people had worked so hard to save houses in the middle of these catastrophic fires. We were nowhere near the actual fires as they were burning. We just saw the devastation that they'd left behind. But as we travelled, I was reminded every day of these fires because there was smoke everywhere. There was not a day travelling when I didn't wake up and still now down here in the Riverina that seems to be in the middle of nowhere, the smoke haze is here every day. And it's a reminder of the destruction happening to people, animals and especially the native animals that are unable to flee these fires. In Australia now, people have just got into action to start helping horse owners and get supplies that they so desperately need to them. So if you're in Australia, please check with your local vet, your produce store or horse land. These are a few who are taking donations for the horse people and shipping them to those in need. And I have also set up a GoFundMe page for horse owners affected by Australian bushfires. That's what it's called. Horse owners affected by Australian bushfires. And it's in my name, Tracy Malone. And I'll put the link in the show notes. And that's for everyone who can't give goods and would like to give funds. And you can do that from anywhere in the world. Just know that every dollar you give will go directly to horse owners in need. As we reach our goal of $5,000, I'll get the funds to where it's needed and it'll all be completely transparent. Then we can set about raising our next $5,000 and so on until we've done all that we can for horse owners who've been through this utter devastation. Um, I would be donating the profits of my own business to the cause, but seeing as I've had to leave my home and my town, I've actually had to shut the business down as I'm so far away and unable to run it. So just as a side note, if you've been going to my site and wondering why everything says out of stock, it's simply that I'm not able to function it at this time. But do know that I will be back and this is going to be an amazing year for us all. A new year, a new decade. Although things are difficult for so many, I still feel that we can come together as a community and make it amazing for everyone. In all that's happened so far this year to me and to those in the bushfires here in Australia, I really wanted to start this year's podcast with a truly inspirational story. Now, I know that, like me, in this interview, your blood may boil a little bit at the beginning. This is about a blind horse and your blood might boil a little about how this horse went blind. However, what I've learned in the past few months of what I've been through personally is that you can't live your life looking backwards into the past and expecting change. Anger at the past gets you absolutely nowhere. It keeps you locked into the past and unable to see into and manifest the future that your heart truly desires. So through this part, take a few deep breaths and then allow your heart and mind to be opened by the amazing story of Ashlyn Dyer and her beautiful horse, Wintara Cadence, or as she calls her, Caddy. Caddy is a blind horse who Ashlyn 
now takes out to dressage shows. It's such a beautiful and inspirational story and I hope you get out of as much out of this story as I did. So this isn't a long one, this is a short one to start the year, but it's a beautiful one. So sit back and enjoy the podcast and have a listen to the beautiful Ashlyn Dyer. Today I'm sitting in the beautiful Sanford Valley and I'm here all in Cobble Creek actually, which is like a, a little part of the Sanford Valley, a little suburb, and I've come to meet somebody very special today, and uh, her name is Ash. This is a little bit different. Ash isn't a usual trainer that I speak to about positive reinforcement and things. She's doing something that I think is a little bit more special than just training a horse. She's taken on something that is extraordinary, and I saw this on our local Facebook page, and I just knew that I had to speak to her. So thank you so much, Ash, for having me up here today. No worries at all. And let's get started into this extraordinary story. I've made sure that when I'm chatting to Ash before the podcast that I haven't asked her too many questions because I'm busting to ask them with you guys here and I want you to hear it as I hear it. So Ash, tell me about your horses. Yeah, so I have three horses here. Um, so I have Blackie, who's the mum of Caddy, who are the main one we're going to talk about today. So she's the blind one. Yeah. Did you hear that, everyone? She is a blind horse. And she's not just a blind horse. She's a lot more than a blind horse because of what Ashlyn's done with her. Tell us the story of Caddy. Yeah. So Caddy was uh, born here at, at Cobble Creek. Um, so that was in 2013. And, and did you get her um, bred to a certain horse for a certain reason? Yeah, so she was meant to be an inventor. Uh, so she got uh, bred to Finch Farm Chill. Uh, he was a top show jump horse. Yeah. And then Blackie, her mum, was uh, quite a good dressage horse and did a bit of eventing uh, back in the day. Great. And did everything go to plan with the birth? Was everything as per normal? Uh, it was a little bit of a tricky birth. Um, unfortunately, Blackie got a uterine infection uh, about three months from the end of the pregnancy, so she had to be on medication for the last three months. That wasn't hairy caterpillars, was it? No, I don't know why. no, no, not sure why, but yeah, we were just worried about her aborting right at the the end, mm. so uh, she was placed on progesterone at that time. Um, but the actual birthing time, she arrived on the day. Uh, it was quite interesting. I was up for about a week every night before her birth, and one of my friends, good friends, horsey friends, came around that night and said, oh, I'll come around just in case she comes out. Um, and I got up at midnight and I saw Blackie was down in the paddock and I'm like, oh, that's unusual. She wasn't down for a long time uh, p prior to giving birth. And then I went, oh, I'll go make up a cup of tea. Couldn't see a foal at foot by then. And then 15 minutes later, I went back out and here's a foal on the ground. Wow. So that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, I've got a bit of a hill and they decided to give birth on the hill. Um, so I had to run down the hill and because um, every time Caddy tried to get up, she kept rolling down closer to the fence. Yeah. So at one point, we actually had to pick her up and drag her back up the hill so she could not run into the fence. So Yeah, yeah. And then I had the vets out for a week after flushing out uh, Blackie and uh, Caddy needed um, some plasma infusion on the first day. Um, I've forgotten what the counts are, but <laughs> the counts were a bit low, so they decided to give her a plasma infusion on the first day. Yeah. But after that, that was all good. Great. And when did you first notice that Caddy was different? Um, 
Caddy went blind um, from an accident when I sent her to the breakers, which is almost two years to the day I found out she was blind. Wow. Um, so two weeks into the breaking period, I got a call from the breaker and she said, look, she's reared up, flipped over, hit her head, but she's okay. Well, okay, that's fine. I said, do we need the vet or a chiropractor or anything like that? And he said, no, no, she seems to be fine. And then, so that was two weeks in and then I went at the end of the four weeks and knew straight away that something was wrong. She looked really sick, just out of it and almost surprised when I went up to her. Wow. Um, we still rode that day um, and she was, usually she's fine to get on the float. Yeah. Um, and when I went to load her, she just didn't want to load or anything like that. And I just went, oh, she's had a hard time, you know, breaking in. It's a big process. Uh, anyway, I finally got to the float, got her home, and then once I unloaded her here, she just stood there. And I went, oh, that's a bit weird. I was like, oh, maybe she's just a bit tired, and, you know, a bit exhausted from the whole thing. So, and then when I went to get her feed that night, she usually obviously comes over to her feed, and she didn't. And I had to pretty much put it underneath her face. And I went, oh, maybe it's still exhaustion. Then it wasn't, I left her for the night and then the next day I said, no, she's still not right. And it was actually, she was, just, I've got a little rock wall here mm. and she was almost stepping off the rock wall and like feeling her way. And I went, that's definitely not right. So I called Sanford Vet straight away then. Mm. So yeah, they came out and then uh, said, she's blind. We don't know why. Um you can either put her to sleep now or take her to Gatton to do a bit more of an investigation. Um, so obviously I did that because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to know, you know, not, not for no reason at all, why would a horse go blind? Yeah. Um, so we took her to Gatton Vet on that day and um, they thought at the time, just doing the initial investigation, she had a bit of nerve um, loss as well. So really quite weak in the hind end and whatnot. And they thought, oh, she's probably definitely fractured through the optic nerve, probably permanent blindness. And I said, look, let's just do an X-ray. Let's let's see what that is. So they did an X-ray that night, and they took forever. I remember sitting in the waiting room, just going, oh gosh, <laughs> why is this taking so long? And then the vet came out and said, we couldn't find anything on the X-ray. There was no fractures, no nothing. Wow. And they're like, we don't know what's causing this blindness. And I went, oh god. So anyway, she next step was a CT scan. They couldn't do that for a couple of days, so they put her on some antibiotics and things like that just in case it was something. Um, but no real change in her. Um, she had high temperatures and whatnot as well at that time. Anyway, we put her under for the CT scan, um, and the CT scan found two little fractures, uh, which pretty much led to the brain. Um, and... They went, well, really, that shouldn't be causing the blindness either. Um, and they also found she had meningitis at the time. So they did a bit of a uh, blood test on her as well. So wow. they went, well, <laughs> it could be the brain injury, it could be the meningitis. We're not quite sure. Yeah. Could just be a culmination of it all at that exact moment, isn't it, that causes something? Wow. Yeah. So she stayed down there for a week and a half. And what was your feeling during this time? Were you ever considering having her put to sleep? Oh, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much that feeling lasted for at least six months after her coming home. Yeah. Oh, am I doing the right thing? You know, is she okay? Is she happy? 
you know, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she always gave me little signs that, no, so let's just see what happens. Yeah. Can you give us an example? What was one of the signs? Um, so while she was at the at Gatton, she started to respond. Well, we're not even sure she responded to the light. So when they switched the lights on, mm. she would do a little bit of a head flick. Yeah. Um, and then also at Gatton, when we were walking in the other stable, she'd stop at the shadow. Yep. So she'd walk out okay into the sunlight, but as she was walking back in, she'd stop right on the line of the shadow. Mm. And we went, oh, what is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, from when she was here, it was just more her demeanor, really, more than anything else that just, kept me going. Yeah. So, yeah. So she seemed relaxed and happy yeah. in her own environment. And I was able to slowly progress her to things. So I had it locked in the carport. Um, Oh, for probably a good two months. Yeah. And I'd bring her out on the lead rope and walk her around the yard and, and whatnot for a couple of hours a day. Um, and then I slowly got to the stage where I was able to let her off the lead and she was able to walk around with me supervising. Yeah. And then finally one day I had the gates open to the bottom paddock and I never thought she'd get to the bottom paddock so it's steep. Yeah. And I thought oh, she'll just constantly trip up that and whatnot. But her and her mother decided to go for a walk down there. I went, oh, well, that showed me you can do it. So. Yeah. And how much do you think it's got to do with um, her ability to cope that she is still with her mother? Um, I think it's caddy, to be honest. Her mother's a little bit silly sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, her mother's got an anxious background, so I think it's more caddy that... Wow. That... <laughs> She's she's just one. Come we're, up. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting outside at Ash's place now and, and Caddy's come up to see what all the fuss is about and tell us how great she is. Hello, sweetheart. Um, that's extraordinary that yeah. she was making these choices herself and that she was the she is the calm one. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. She definitely has the laid back style and I don't think if she had a mother's style, I doubt she'd be still with us today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's a pretty laid back girl, so and so, you know, there's the decision to not put a horse to sleep and there's a decision to keep a horse here. What on earth made you decide to start riding? And how did you do it? Um, everything else was going so well. And so I think it was, it was close to a year and a bit after she was home. And she was coping so well in the paddock. And I was like, you know, there's no reason. I actually put the Sandarina in. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the Sandarina before she got injured. Yeah. Um, and I went, well, might as well put it in. If she's going to ride, she's going to need a flat surface where she can't trip. So yeah, yeah. we put the Sandarina in. I, I changed the fencing as well and the, the bottom fencing because um, it was all chicken wire fencing or yeah. the dog wire. Yeah. Um, so I've, it's now a bit of a bounce back top uh, fencing. So if she does run into that, it will flex a little bit if she does hit it. Yeah. Um, and then I just started lunging her and I just went, oh, we'll give it a go, see what happens. And in all reality, I technically had already ridden her blind. I just didn't know at the time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after a couple of months of just lunging her and she seemed fine, I went, oh, well, let's give it a go. <laughs> wow. And she did nothing. She was perfectly fine. Wow. Yeah. And you do dressage with her now? Yeah. How did you train her those beautiful technical dressage moves and things like that? And is it, is it different doing that on a blind horse as it is to your other horse? I've probably taken it a bit slower than what I would do with any other young horse. Um, it's technically not different because 
she still has to learn like all the other horses and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the differences I find with her is she's probably a little bit uh, quite sensitive to touch and things like that. Mm. Um, obviously, all her other senses have heightened. Yeah. Um, so she's she's really sensitive to any touch I do on her, which is actually really good for dressage. So yeah, yeah. it worked out quite nicely. The other thing I have to be really mindful of is just I have to be in full concentration of where I'm placing her and things like that. Mm. I think sometimes you can ride, I ride the pony and you can get away with not steering all the time. Yeah. Um, With her, I have to be wary of the steering. Mm. Um, We've had some issues along the way when I first started riding her, if I rode with shadow spots in the arena. That's what I was thinking because you were saying before that she would stop at a shadow. and, And how do you control that in a in an environment like going out to a show? Um, I, I think it's more just building that trust yeah. in her. So even at my place, you know, she was a bit funny on the sand to start with and, and would stop at the shadows along the way. But now she doesn't stop at the shadows. I can ride her under the lights and she's fine. Um, so I think it, it's just built that trust. Wow. Um, taking a, we've had two shows now and the first show she went really well and won and that was really exciting. Wow. But it was, first but, show won. Yeah. Wow. So it was a nice blue sunny sky and the sand was nice and soft and, you know, she was okay. She was a bit funny going from the grass to the sand arenas and I think that's just going to be a normal thing for her. Like yeah. I just have to be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, the second show, unfortunately, wasn't so good because it was all boggy and it was rainy and um, so she is funny on that. Well, of, she can't see her footing, can yeah, she? Yeah, and it must feel really weird. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, you're in a foreign environment trying to do something and you don't know what's coming next under your feet. That's, yeah. That's tough. So, and um, she's a bit funny with the arenas because on my first test, I forgot my steering and she banged one of the sides and yeah. I think she's just remembered that that all oh, they're a bit scary. Yeah, yeah. Um so she we just have to get her used to it now. Yeah. That's just all part of it. So Yeah. And do you get plenty of time to go in and show her the boundaries and and in the arenas when you're going for those things? Nothing no. more than any other horse. So wow. no one knows that she's blind. It was after the post on the Sanford Vet page after that weekend, I had people post saying, oh, I didn't even realise she was blind and wow. things like that. So, wow. yeah, no one uh, – people are slowly knowing now that she's she's a blind horse. So Yeah, that's incredible. And how did you go floating her again? Um, when you when you take her out to those events, yeah, she was a bit funny the first time back on the float. Um, and did she go by herself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by herself, um, the first time took me a little while to get her on. Yeah, it's getting that confidence. Yeah, but the second yeah. time I took her out, she actually self-loaded herself. So wow. I went, oh, well, not too bad anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So, yeah. yeah, again, it's just, I think, building that confidence in her. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you, um, how do you build confidence? And have you changed the way um, that you are in your training with her than you were before? I'm, from a training perspective, I'm, I'm a lot more aware of the little signs now. Yeah. Um, so, no, yeah, it's hard to explain, but that feeling that you get or, you know, just what her mood's like and things like that. Even riding the pony now, I'm a lot more aware of how they're feeling. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I guess the confidence side of things, it's it's just repeat. Yeah. You know, she knows that if I do this, that that's what it is. So, yeah. uh, you know, she gets fed lots of carrots. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for a, for a blind horse, that um, that repetition would be so important because yeah. she can, she kind of, um, it would be settling for her. Yeah. Like some horses, I have a Spanish Mustang where repetition would drive her nuts. But I can absolutely see if in a blind horse, a repetition would be absolutely paramount to her confidence and being able to settle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think back to when I was teaching her to canter with me on top. Um, it took a lot longer. So I let her go that bit faster speed and trot for a while. Um, and then finally asked for that canter. And, and she gave it to me when she was ready. Yeah. So it's that listening to her and when she's ready. She'll, she lets you know. Wow. So, she, yeah, it's it's pretty cool feeling to to sit on and go oh no I am really listening to what she wants and what she's ready for yeah that's amazing and it's a deep connection and I imagine if you weren't doing that you would just bring out an enormous amount of anxiety so it's a it's a true testament to what it is that you've been able to to learn and understand with her it's amazing yeah she's pretty cool (laughs) how old is she now uh nearly six okay brilliant six in October and uh, will you be going out to more shows? Uh, the plan will be to do more. Um, I haven't got any in the future pipeline at this very point in time for her. Um, but, yeah, definitely the plan is to keep taking her out, keep dressaging and hopefully take her up the grades. Great. And so what advice have you got for anyone who's got a horse out there with um, sight issues or that's blind? What is the one thing that you can say? This podcast goes out to the whole world. Yeah. I would say don't give up and don't let disability be a barrier into what you want to do. Obviously, I'll never jump her. <laughs> not that yeah, you but saying that, e- endo the blind stuff. horse jumps. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say just never give up and, and really just listen to what they're ready for and they'll, they'll let you know. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And um, and what's amazing is you've, you've learned to listen a lot more, but other than that and you've learned a lot about yourself you haven't changed the training technique that much you've just slowed it down so it really does go to show that even with a horse who's blind you don't have to recreate the the wheel you can just do as you're doing you just need to get more fine in your senses yeah exactly right so just stay listening to them and 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 i guess don't not get tough either you know just because they are blind doesn't mean you let them get away with things yeah boundaries boundaries yeah. are important big animals they need to know where yeah. the where the okay and not okay moments are yeah yeah to keep yourself safe as well and how does she go um meeting new people like she knew i was there this morning i've come yeah. to ashland's and she came out the gate and she went to walk past she's like hold on something different's here now yeah. and she turned around and came back and and wanted to say hello how does she go meeting new people does she run through things what yeah, she loves meeting new people. She's definitely a people person. <laughs> yeah. um, and But I guess I always make sure people talk to her and things like that. You can't just walk up and, and start padding. You need to be letting her know you, that you're there. And yeah. um, so she is aware that you're there. Um, yeah. She's generally really good with people. The only time she gets really cranky is around feed time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just her being super protective of her feed. Yes. Well, she can't see anyone coming. So yeah. she has to, has to get in early to keep the boundary up. Yeah, exactly right. So that's the only time she's really 
grumpy, but other times she just loves having people around. So wow, I'll frequently sit out here and she'll just sit with me. And <laughs> wonderful, and she does have little accidents every now and then, doesn't she? Yeah, so she had a she had probably three big accidents, I guess, in the paddock, and um, one I don't even know how she did it. She almost dislocated her jaw. Um, we don't know how she did that. I presume wow. she just whacked it on something. And then the second time she conveniently ran into the tree that I wanted to get rid of in the paddock. <laughs> so knocked it down. So thanks, Caddy. <laughs> um, and then occasionally she just gets like little cuts above eyes and things like that. So she must run into things a little bit. But yeah. yeah. And does she hoon around? Does she have hoon time or um, is she a bit more reserved? No, she's a pretty reserved, but she will go for a buck up the paddock and okay. have a little canter up the paddock sometimes and things like that. Yeah. So occasionally has a bit of a play. she's got an open space that yeah. she can kind of go in. Yeah, and oh. when the others are playing around, she'll trot off after them and things like that. And she loves playing bitey games with the pony. Yeah. Uh, ponies are best friends. So yeah, wow. <laughs> they love being up together. So, yeah, she d- still acts like a normal horse. So I guess it would be a, what I would consider a lazy normal horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bit more reserved. She'd have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She she seems pretty happy and loving life at the moment. So. She really does. She really does. I was amazed at how um, grounded she was when I first met her and how she was very aware that I was there and wanted to turn around and investigate. And an investigative horse to me is a very... um, very grounded, very confident horse. So it yep. was in- extraordinary. You know, her mum said hi eventually and the pony is not allowed anywhere near me because the other two will keep her away. But um, but I was really amazed at um, yeah. at how happy and confident she is as a horse. It's, it's just, it's beautiful to see. It's I think so she knows she's special. <laughs> she does. I was telling her how special she was and she was giving me the I know look. Um, so, yeah, I think she... I think she knows and she should know and that's wonderful. But also, Ashlyn, so are you. Like, it's so special what you've done. It really is. So many people in the horse world would have given up and people give up with so much less than this. You've taken on something huge and you are totally thriving in it. So well done, you. Yeah, I wouldn't have done anything different. Uh, You know, she's my baby, if you like. So, you know, I will give her every opportunity to do the best she can. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. Yeah, I definitely went through those stages where I was like, oh, am I doing the right thing? But I think she's proven now we did. So, absolutely. There's no question in my mind when I meet her that you've done not just the right thing, but just the most amazing thing. And yeah. it's, 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 it's incredible. And it's going to inspire so many people. Like, you're not just raising a horse here, you're inspiring um, yeah. horse people all over the world, probably now. Now, Caddy has her own Facebook page. She does. What's that called? Uh, it's Wintara Cadence-Caddy. Um, right. So, I've called this property Wintara. Um, it was after an old dog of mine, Tara Dog. So, um, and Cadence is her proper name, but I call her Caddy in the paddock. So, yeah, yeah Wintara Cadence-Caddy is her Facebook page. Beautiful. And I'll put the links to that in the show notes as well and, and uh, share it on my social media too. But for now, Ashlyn, thank you so much for your time today. But more importantly, thank you so much for what you've done for Caddy and inspiring the horse world. It's incredible. And I really look forward to following and and sharing all the time what it is you guys are up to. Yeah, no worries at all. And hopefully we'll have plenty more to share along the way. I'm sure you will. To connect with Ashlyn and follow her and Caddy's story, you can find the link to her Facebook page in the show notes. Go and check it out. It's a beautiful story and she updates it quite regularly. 
I'm on a mission to create a community of conscious horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses by bringing consciousness to the horse world, please do one of the following. You can go over to our Patreon page at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash come along for the ride podcast and become a subscriber to the show. As Patreon members, you're helping this podcast become a weekly show once again. And remember, any funds that go over the cost of production will go into new and exciting projects that you, as a subscriber, will have a say in. You could also pop over to EdenRiverEquestrian.com and see our range of sustainable, ethical and organic gear for both horses and humans. Remember, 50% of profits go back to helping horses all over the world live a better life. Or you could leave us a review and tell the world why you love this podcast. You can do that through whichever app it is that you're listening now. The best place to do it is through iTunes. They give juice that gives other bits juice that boost the podcast up and basically that gets it into more people's ears so that we can make a real difference in the world you could also share this podcast with a friend tell everyone you know about it and guide them to an episode that you think they'd really enjoy all the links you need can be found in the show notes thanks again for listening and i'll catch you next time on come along for the ride